Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week we will discuss tools, tips, and ways to radiate your best life ever. Interviewing practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? All right, welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Clemens Hoffman. We're talking today with Jamie Derner, like Turner with a D. And Jamie is a holistic business mentor coach. Did I get that right? You did. I got that right. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So Jamie helps people like me, like all of the Radiate Wellness practitioners, to develop their business models, develop their business and grow so that they can do more of what they have come to the world to do. That is to serve and to work with clients to achieve their wellness. But, you know, like many holistic practitioners, we find it hard to manage the business aspect of it. Um, We're trained healers and we have a heart of service, but not necessarily a head for business. So that's where Jamie comes in, right? Absolutely. And I I wear both hats. You know, I'm sure we're going to get to this. I've been a wellness professional for 25 years Mm -hmm. and had to discover things the hard way. Right, and that's really how Jamie got into this, from being the practitioner side, and then you decided that you'd had a lot of business training and were ready to take on a little bit more. So can you tell us about that, how you maybe started as a practitioner Mm -hmm. and then moved into adding the coaching aspect to it? Absolutely. So I will start with my personal mission, which I have known from a very young age. I have been called to make the world a better place. So when I was in college, I was a third world studies major. I thought I was going to do international social work. And that ended up not being the right scope for me. And, you know, with a few twists and turns, I found my way into holistic health. So part of my background is training as a massage therapist, craniosacral therapist, a kundalini yoga teacher, a life coach, and an Ayurveda practitioner. And all of those trainings that I went through were really fabulous professional trainings that provided me to do that skill. And there was almost no business training in any of those There's programs. not. <laughs> I mean, I've got a Reiki master. Yeah. I'm a trained medium. Um, I'm a hypnotherapist. I've taken weeks and weeks of, of study and certifications, and they don't tell you about the business aspect mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Or that the timing is wrong. Like when I was in massage school, right. we actually did have a business program, but it's during the course of it, your mind is full with everything that you're learning, and you're not at the stage where you're ready right. to start your practice practice. Right. Um, and so, you know, from my own part, as I went through, I did work some as an independent practitioner, but then at some point I wanted to go out on my own. And I'm fairly lucky that I consider myself to be balanced between my right and left brain. So I have good structure and organization and some good financial business sense, as well as that heart centered place. Mm-hmm. And so for me, 
I was able to do it, but there was still a lot of missing pieces. So what I started to do was to take some different programs. And I ended up actually, over the course, have taken, oh, I think it's even higher now, but at least 15 different business programs. Fantastic. And part of the problem is Mm -hmm. the way that they were structured, right? So there was two different things. A lot of them were set up with what I'm going to call some traditional business techniques that, as a heart-centered professional, frankly felt really yucky to me. They felt um, manipulative, Mm -hmm. hard-selling, and really just weren't in alignment with how I wanted to be with people or even what I believed energetically in terms of how I wanted to connect with people. Right. I didn't like the language. I didn't like the techniques. But there wasn't a lot out there. And so I took them because I needed something. Right? So that was one problem. Then the second issue is a lot of those programs were set up so that they taught one aspect. So, you know, it might be something on email marketing or on a website, but it wasn't complete. That's why I had to keep taking these different ones. Right. Just a lot of time and a lot of money, and then I was still having to figure out how to put them together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of devised your own way to approach this. Anyway. Yeah. So uh, what happened along that journey was, of course, I was figuring it out. And a lot of marketing, I say, is like life. It's kind of trial, error, tweaking, modifying, finding those things, especially as our world has changed. Right. right? When I started 25 years ago, there was nothing. Well, I guess the Internet was just coming into being. Right. There was no social media. There were no podcasts. Right. Uh, so part of it was keeping up with things. Mm-hmm. Um and so I was developing my own practice and definitely finding better ways because I'm a big fan of ease. Mm-hmm. I don't want more work or more struggle than I need. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so working uh, smarter and not harder and always staying in alignment with me. So certainly doing some of that. I also, since 2011, had the opportunity to teach in an Ayurveda school. And I was right. teaching both some of the Ayurvedic concepts and tools and techniques there, but I was also teaching, we had some, a, some business classes. Good. Eight hours. Now, was this your <laughs> idea to add these business classes to the school? No, actually, the teacher that I was coming in to partner with already had some in there. I expanded them and added some other components in. Oh, that's fantastic. But part of it is these programs often have so many um, components that they're already trying to put in their program, and they only have so much time and money that the people are able to afford up front. Right. So it's a challenge. They wanted to give them something. And in this case, this school had a supervised internship where the interns had to get their own clients. And we designed that purposely so that they could have the experience to be able to connect with and build their clients because Mm -hmm. they needed that for their practice. But eight hours is not a lot. Oh, my gosh. No, it's not. Mm -hmm. That's two and a half college credits, you know, college classes, Right. right? So once a month, they were getting... Well, we did a couple different iterations, but basically once a month we were having like uh, a one-hour or two-hour two-hour class, and they got four of those per per level. Oh, that's not enough. Not right. enough, but at least was better but than something. Nothing. Absolutely, <laughs> at yeah. least was better than something. Right. So I was doing that, and at that point, my my practice was very full. I had my own private practice. I was teaching. I was supervising interns, but mm. I was watching some of this struggle that I had seen myself, and it just kind of hit me that. I was continuing to watch these people who were really passionate and who I feel the world really needs more than ever. And basically, they were not able to launch themselves. The vast majority of them. It's hard to, you've got to put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. First of all, a lot of us 
have a hard time just being public and putting ourselves out there. But also you've got to ask for money. And for a lot of holistic types, a lot of people who are of service, it's hard for us to put a monetary value and ask for people to pay us. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's when, hard when it's us that we're selling in some ways, right? It is. It really is. And then we've got the whole dichotomy of if we're of service, then we you know, should be giving it away, you know, rather than earning a living. But there has to be an energetic exchange. Absolutely. There absolutely has to. And for someone to see a practitioner, they've got to have some skin in the game. It's not just you're walking up to somebody and saying, please make me whole, make me well. There's got to be an energetic Right. And you're touching exchange. on a lot of the topics or issues oh, that come up. And from my perspective, what I do, there's the what I call the inner game of business, which mm-hmm. is all of our beliefs. And mindsets and our energies and all those things that we do that are either protecting our energy or not protecting our energy. Absolutely. I think that everything in life starts on this level and then translates to this outer world. It does. And the same is true for business. So, yes, certainly I work with people on all these very tangible things like email marketing and websites and, you know, who your best best audience is and that message. But time and time again, what people say is the biggest thing is increasing their confidence yeah comfortable in being able to yeah. have conversations yeah it's re- it's those inner pieces it is that are i won't say the necessarily the most important but to me they're the key foundation to everything that comes outside but they are they really are how you see yourself and how you see some of these key concepts is how you see the rest of the world Absolutely. And I think, too, how we feel about things. I Mm -hmm. mean, in business, to me, there's three different levels. We've got the startup, Mm -hmm. the beginning phases, of which you need some inner mojo (laughs) to do this. Because it's big. It's big, right? And there's a lot that goes on. There's a lot sometimes that we don't know. We're confused. We can be overwhelmed. Um, And once you get over that hurdle, then you're kind of in this phase. But really, you're going to coast for a little while, and then you're going to you know, grow. Mm -hmm. And then there's the sustaining. So I've been in this business 25 years. I know you've been in this business for a while. And, you know, Mm -hmm. and I myself have experienced ups and downs where I've been like, wow, sometimes this feels hard. And do I want to just go get a job? (laughs) Right? Right. Yeah, go get a job job. Right. Yeah, go get a job job. Because, you know, there's no paid time off when we're working for ourselves. The work never ends. Uh, mm-hmm. It's finding that balance between how to do it. And it, it can feel hard at times. And sometimes, right. frankly, there are hard periods. Right. So we have to have these inner pieces to keep us up, mm-hmm. to keep us going, certainly to start. Right. It takes a certain spirit and mindset and energy to even become an entrepreneur. Right. Right. But then you, I know from starting Radiate Wellness, you do all of this work, you get this mindset, you get all your mojo kind of lined up, and then here it is. Mm-hmm. Now what? <laughs> so some, I think some people get to that. You know, I've got my logo, I've got my business card, I've got my space, I've got everything set up. And then, oh my gosh, it's like leaping into a void sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then you have to be able to sustain that and keep it going and keep that momentum going, right? Right. right. So right. there's really all these integrated pieces that we uh-huh. talk about on the inside, on the outside, and of course they're always interweaving and overlapping. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, now let's back up a little bit more. <clears throat> You've been doing this healing work in some fashion, in all fashions, for about 25 years. Mm -hmm. 
how did you, you said you went to college and looked at international studies. Was that the Well, I was major? officially a third world studies major. Thank you. Thank third you world I was studies. going to do international social work. Mm-hmm. Which I think is absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So how did you morph from that <laughs> <laughs> yes. into taking the leap to this holistic, you know, uh, type of uh, type of work? Mm-hmm. So for me, it goes back to that inner why of making the world a better place. And I right. think many of us who do this heart-centered work are called to do that on some level. And of course, we all have Absolutely. our personal stories yeah. that sometimes we're consciously aware of. And sometimes, in my case, I wasn't fully conscious of it. I knew there was that drive, that calling, and pieces of it became more, um, I became more aware of them throughout my journey. So I knew that I wanted to make the world a better place. Right. Um, and... I started with some of the international things. It, it just the scope of it felt too big. It felt too overwhelming. I can see that. Absolutely. I didn't like uh, working with governments and dictator structures. Sure, it was a part of it, right? So I knew I needed to break it down. So then that led me into right. um, working in women's health, mm-hmm. which was also a strong interest of mine. And I actually worked Absolutely. at Planned Parenthood for a period of time, which was lovely. That's wonderful. And it was a little bit too medical for me. So, you know, Goldilocks, right? Uh, you know, which chair feels best for those, those three chairs? Oh, this one's a little too hard. This one's a little too soft. Oh, this right. is just right. Right. And it was actually when I was at Planned Parenthood that I got my first professional massage. Oh, wonderful. And I was someone at that point that lived very much in my head. And, again, intuitively, instinctively, I knew I needed to get into my body more. Right. So I went into massage school knowing that it was going to be a stepping stone for me. That I really, from the get-go, knew I wanted to work with people on all levels of body, mind, and spirit. They're inseparable. Right, right. right. But that felt like, for me, the piece I needed to start with. Like the gateway drug. In a way. Yeah. Well, I don't call it a drug, but absolutely my gateway, gateway portal. Right? Exactly. Right. And then I just added the pieces on over that period of time. Right. But there was a critical juncture here that allowed mm-hmm. me to go from being um, kind of not, I was never really an employee, I was an independent contractor, to actually stepping out on my own. Now, independent contractor of whom? No. So I was an independent contractor as a massage therapist. Gotcha. Okay. So it was in an environment where a lot of the business stuff was actually being done for me. Yeah. So I wasn't truly an employee, right? There's a right. distinction. There is an ins- distinction. And yet I was working, in this case, I was working for a, a medically owned health club in mm-hmm. their spa, mm-hmm. right? Where a lot of the clients just were already there. Mm-hmm. We had to do some of the structure. Our sheets were provided and clean. The equipment yeah. was provided. Um, I was paid a really generous percentage split. I mean, it was a fabulous, fabulous arrangement. Yes, right. For someone who is just starting out, you've got all of those yeah. things taken care it was, of. It was, a, it was a good fit. But as I wanted to add more pieces in, so mm-hmm. during that time I you know, added cranial psychotherapy in, but then I was adding other pieces in, and I was no longer a fit for that environment. Mm-hmm. I can see that. So I needed to go out on my mm-hmm. own. And um, during this time, I was actually also in, um, I had just started my kundalini yoga teacher training. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I was consciously aware that I knew I had some restrictions around money. People thought I was very good with money because I was able to save a lot of it. Mm-hmm. But that was the outer story. The inner story was I actually was afraid to spend it. 
mm-hmm. right? And so that's what I consciously knew is I was good at saving it, but it was very hard for me to spend the money. Right. So when I went into this teacher training, it's set up where there's specific sets or meditations all about creating deep level transformations. Mm, and nice. I came across this meditation called Meditation for Prosperity 2. That's its actual name. It sounds funny, right? <laughs> Not very fancy. But its description was that it actually brings more of the green energy of abundance, i.e. those green dollar bills. Nice. And I thought, oh, if I just have more money, my, my issues will be solved. And so in Kundalini Yoga, we talk about doing things for a period of time to create deep changes. So 40 days to change a habit. Right. 90 days to... Um, to create a new habit, 120 days to master a habit, and a thousand days of doing something every day so that that habit is so strong it radiates and touches everyone around us. I love that. So I'm a a Pitten Ayurveda, which is a very uh, fire-oriented, I'm-going-to-do-it type of person. So Mm -hmm. I read that, and I committed to doing a thousand days. You guessed it. You guessed it. And I did. I didn't miss a single day because in Kundalini Yoga, if you miss a day, you start over. Oh, wow. Right? You start back. So you could be at 990 days, and if you miss a day, you're back at day one. Wow. Right? But the great part was it was a three-minute meditation. I could do it even if I, w- if I was lying on my back sick in bed, I could visualize doing it. Right. So it was doable. And over that first year, my salary doubled. Good for you. Right. Fantastic. And over that thousand days, of course, I discovered, probably not a surprise for any of us who've gone through transformation journeys, it had nothing to do with money. Right. Right. It did. But it did have to do with a scarcity I was holding inside of of myself. Of course. That was shutting me down, actually, in a couple different ways. Um, Shutting me down in my relationship, shutting me down with money, but shutting me down to saying yes to opportunities in life. Interesting. Because I didn't feel supported. I didn't trust the universe at some level. Right. So doing this meditation, I actually say, has what changed my life at a very deep level. I mean, on many different levels. It is what allowed me to stand in the space of jumping off that cliff to become an entrepreneur. Wow. So when we talk about that inner game of business, (coughs) you know, that's a huge example of it. Right, right. Now, do you guide your clients to doing this meditation? If they want, although that particular meditation may not be the right meditation for them. True. So what I explore with them are where are their blocks? Right. Where are those mindset pieces that are holding them up? Where's their own places of restriction? Right. And then I go into my meditative, intuitive space and um, look at some of the possibilities, and then I share with them some of the possibilities and allow their intuition to pick the one that feels right. That's nice. I like that. Mm-hmm. And they can choose. Again, does it feel like a 40-day commitment? Does it feel like a 90-day commitment? Right. Does it feel like the 1,000-day commitment? And I will say, although in my own, my own practice, right. I have done many 40-day sets and 90 days and some 120 days, I've only done one 1,000. Oh, my gosh. Because but that that's felt years. like it was, well, yeah, more than three years. But it felt like it was the cornerstone for my self-transformation. Absolutely. So I don't think we need necessarily tons of thousand-day commitments. It's usually maybe one or maybe two. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because really, you're talking about core beliefs, core values, core um uh, core energies, core energies, yes. absolutely. And you know, we have just a very few of those. Now they may manifest in different ways. So we think that it's more than that. Right. 
And you you really described that well. So I discovered, again, for me, this pattern of scarcity that I had been aware of was, you know, I had this money thing. But I also was a compulsive overeater for a period of time from my, um, when I was in late high school and to college, that also had a tie into that scarcity. Absolutely. And I had some challenges expressing myself. Um, especially in, in relationships with men. Sure. That was also tied into that scarcity. Mm-hmm. And as we often discover in those root levels of things, mm-hmm. there's often one that has different threads that come off of it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When mm-hmm. people come to me for QHHT, they have this long laundry list of questions, and then I really find that it's one or two questions asked in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. So, but it's all related. Yeah, and I think that's part of what attracted me to Ayurveda as well. Ayurveda right. really works at this root level, and so mm-hmm. up here we have all these symptoms right. that we think are separate. They're not. They're very right. much connected down at you know these what we call these three life force energies and how those are shaping people. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, for those of you who are not who are just listening and not seeing on YouTube, Jamie, you are blonde haired, blue eyed. You know, Caucasian person, how did you find out about Ayurveda? That seems like very exotic, um, mm. you know, Eastern type of thing. How right. Did you well, find yeah. That? So Ayurveda is the ancient healing system from India. Right. Um, I found out about it because of yoga. So Ayurveda and yoga are sister science. Sure. Especially Kundalini yoga. Well, no. I mean, it's. I don't think Kundalini yoga is any more directly related to to Ayurveda than any of the other styles. Of oh, okay, gotcha. At its core, they come from the same Vedic philosophy, from the mm-hmm. same philosophical system. They mm-hmm. were designed to truly be partners. Okay. Where Ayurveda was the system that really helped us take care of our body and mind so that we could do the deeper spiritual transformational work. Wow. Yoga is the, the avenue for that deeper transformational mm-hmm. work. Um, when yoga came to the West... In order for it to kind of begin to be introduced, things got a little bit separated. Um, but yoga was a great entry point for bringing some of that Eastern philosophy in. Right. And in the last, I would say, because 25 years ago, when I graduated from massage school, um, I knew an Ayurveda practitioner that was just setting up in Boulder, Colorado, which is where I did my training. And he was he was one of the early people coming in. So mm-hmm. I would say Ayurveda has been mm, planting its seeds for about maybe 30, 35 years right. in, in the West. And it is becoming more well, well known now. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I knew about it from my early days, and then it just kind of kept showing up at different points. But mm-hmm. I was being guided into my intuitive path, you know, into mm-hmm. my path of unfolding. It wasn't like I was consciously saying, okay, I'm going to do this and this and this and this specific order. Mm-mm. I was guided right. to these next steps. And interestingly enough, Ayurveda was the last piece. And I say really? interesting because to me, Ayurveda is the umbrella that holds all of the other pieces of what I do. Because it's so all-encompassing. Sure. Right. Well, tell us, for those who might not know about Ayurveda, can you tell us a little bit about about that, the system, how it works? and Yeah, and that's a whole separate conversation. I know, it's a whole but, separate, so I'll give you a little, a whole separate a little podcast. Here's the, like, yeah, yeah, here's the way that I, I love to talk about it. Um, functional medicine is something that is really up in our... Um, current thought and culture, right? Functional right. medicine meaning something that's actually going to work on helping us truly address the root causes and feel better right. and be healthy. Which is like which is crazy on thing. its own, right? Exactly. It's this new thing, but it should have been that way. Right. Exactly. Right. 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 So Ayurveda to me is the original functional, functional medicine, medicine, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it translates as um, the science the science of life. 
Right. And life is, in Ayurveda, body, mind, and spirit. Right. It's not just about having a healthy, uh, a long life. It's about having a healthy, vital, long life. Right. And it's not just about being physically present. In Ayurveda, one of the end goals, just like in yoga, is to be able to increase our consciousness and really fully be able to express our complete potential on all levels of body, mind, and spirit into our life. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, so that is done through food? through uh, other means as well? Basically, it's done on through every aspect every of aspect. our living. So, yes, we certainly look at how we're, you know, what we're eating, how we're eating, how we're structuring our every activity in our life, from our sleep routines to our, our exercise to how we deal with the environment, like mm-hmm. our changing seasons, to how we deal with the stages of our lives. Um, and then there are mm-hmm. those pieces of just how we keep our tissues healthy through daily self-care practices right um and then there are those spiritual practices that are a part of that so it's functional meaning that it's not only designed to uh, it's not designed to just get rid of symptoms it's designed to truly help us function at our optimal best right it's all it's holistic body mind and spirit and here's the piece that to me functional medicine and western medicine offshoots are still missing it's completely individually tailored yeah exactly I think we're seeing some of that. There's, um, like, Dr. Georgia Knapp, who's been on the podcast. Mm-hmm. She's doing epigenetics. Absolutely. Right. So that is very tailored to the individual. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're t- looking at a, just literally a holistic view of the person. Mm-hmm. So I, I just have to ask, when you're sitting down to coaching someone, do you find that, that you use that type of uh, lens with them when they're you're looking at their business or looking at how they approach business. Absolutely. Hmm. Imagine <laughs> that. <laughs> so, now, until I, unless I actually do an assessment with someone, an Ayurvedic assessment, which is a very in-depth process, we're looking at a lot of different things, I won't truly know who they are, what we call their core constitutional level. Okay. And I won't know exactly where they're out of balance. Mm-hmm. 100%. Right. However, there's a lot I can pick up even without doing that. So there's Absolutely. a lot of tendencies um, and things about a, a person's nature that right. are obvious once you know what to look for. Um, with my coaching, um, with my business coaching, I also do a foundation session where we go through with a variety of different structures, helping the person understand what their kind of inner why of why they're doing their business, their strengths, their values, their goals, but also where some of their tendencies are, right? Both mm-hmm. in their terms of their strengths as in terms as well as in terms of certain pitfalls or things that we need to be aware of that can be mindset blocks or things like that. Absolutely. And in that I certainly am looking because I look at everything through the Ayurvedic lens. However, I don't necessarily share that with them unless that's something that's of interest to them. Oh, really? Okay, interesting. So I do have quite a few Ayurveda practitioners that I work with clients, uh, as business clients, and part of what they love is that we can use the language of Ayurveda as another lens and focal point to help them understand what's going on for themselves and with their businesses. Mm -hmm. So just to give you an example, I mentioned that I was had a strong amount of pitta in me. Pitta people right. are very driven. Um, they're very focused. They actually make very good entrepreneurs. They can process a good amount of information. Mm-hmm. They can learn well. And they can push themselves to uh, to points of burnout. Right. Right? Ugh. So I know that, and I know that for some people who come to me, that's 
a pitfall that we have to watch out for. Right. I can talk about that without using the Ayurvedic language and just help them, if that's showing up right. in obvious ways, um, reflecting that back to them, sharing just how that can be a part of our nature. And if someone wants to go deeper, if they want to use the Ayurvedic model, absolutely it's a piece that we can weave in. Right. You know, I have, as you've heard and illustrated, a, a, a diverse background that people in my right. coaching have access to utilizing any of that. So as a mentor coach, you know, I'm training from some of the, the truly tangible business aspects, including mm-hmm. part of what I do is I help people really break down the technological pieces so that they're more bite-sized, less scary, less overwhelming. Technological pieces such as in email marketing website social media okay right got it even so like i use mailchimp it's Mm -hmm. a good free free resource you're just starting out you want to use free resources right literally i will get on with my clients on zoom and we will be in the back end of mailchimp Mm -hmm. walking them through how to set it up right so that kind of of side-by-side partnering right so absolutely doing some of those tangible things and i've lost my track where did i start with (laughs) with um well which is something that i wanted to ask you anyway is how maybe this is getting off track but how does how does being a mentor coach differ from being a business coach Okay, great. Yes, and now I'm remembering how I was because I was saying as a holistic practitioner, right. I have a wide set of tools that people, people can of tap, mm-hmm. tap into. So by running my own business and by taking, I've taken over 15 different business programs at this point. Right. So developed a lot of those tools. I share those tangible tools with people. They have right. access to you know, any of the kundalini yoga meditations or tools like that. Um, so the difference between... For me, between a mentor coach and just a coach, is in the traditional coaching model, and I'm referring here to life coaching model. Right. The idea is that you as an individual really are your best resource. Mm -hmm. And I totally believe that. You Mm -hmm. have much of those answers that you want. But sometimes you're a little bit too close to seeing them. So as a, as a life coach, my role is just to help you through questioning and sharing what I'm hearing, you get to the place that you know you, you need to be and want to be. Right. right. As a mentor coach, I'm still holding that space that you are your best resource. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we're missing a few of these tangible resources out here that we're blending sure. in, that I'm adding in and guiding in as possibilities. As recommendations, which is still not the same as advice. I'm exactly. never telling you what to do. Right. I'm supporting you in what mm-hmm. you know to be best with the tools and resources that I have. Absolutely. So really, it is a mentor plus a coach. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. So why did you choose to go that avenue rather than just a strict mentor? Because I think that I really strongly believe in the coaching model. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think most of us do better when we come to our own solutions rather than being told what to do. I think so, too. (laughs) As a former college teacher, yeah, I could tell you that. Yeah, And, you know, as a parent and even as a a coach and as a practitioner, Mm -hmm. people will say to me, like my daughter will say, tell me what to do. And I'll come up with a variety of things. And the reality is she doesn't want to listen to any of what I just told her. Even though she's saying, tell me what to do. Exactly. Same thing. I will have a client that will say, I want you to tell me what to do. And yet it it falls flat. But when we discover it and we know it's right and we know it's lined up with us, it opens everything up. It does. And I don't have the power to tell someone what's in alignment with them. I can make my best guess. I can help them hear that. Right. But honestly, that's not my... 
I don't, I, it's not my role. First, I don't feel like it's my role. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's something I can do. Only you can do that. Well, and if you were to tell someone what to do, mm-hmm. and that might not be the right thing for them, or they may not believe it, or they may not feel like they're buying into that, and if it fails, then you've not been of service to them, I think. so. But when they've got the answers inside, you're helping them discover those with some added support, with some resources and things like that. Then they're discovering what is their truth. And well, and most of the time, too, when we have that self-discovery, there's mm-hmm. a piece of inner motivation and alignment with it that is much more likely to be carried out here than if someone is just telling you. I right? agree. I totally agree. And this mm-hmm. is the difference between what I would call a should and, and, and inspiration or inspired action. Mm-hmm. We ourselves have our own shoulds, right? Mm-hmm. We know what we should be doing. Right. But there are things that are oftentimes preventing us from doing that. And so part of my role as a coach is to look at, well, what is that about? And again, it has to do with these inner restrictions oftentimes. And when people find their way through it, that should falls away. Mm-hmm. I'm also a big believer of what I say, follow the fun and the flow. Mm-hmm. Something feels enjoyable, and it is moving. It is flowing well. To me, that is a sign that we are in alignment with ourselves. I agree. Things are easy. Right, absolutely. If we hit a point where suddenly it feels like a struggle or a hard, you know, it's hard. In my own practice, if that happens, that's my cue to, oh, change tasks that I'm doing. Oh, take a break and get up and come back to it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's telling me something has shifted where I'm not in my best energy to get this done. I can push through it, but I found that it's 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 tiring, mm -hmm. it's depleting, and usually it's not as effective. Absolutely, you're not doing your best work. We're not doing our best work. We're doing our best work. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So just kind of waiting for that motivation to catch up, or just the alignment to catch up. Yeah, and sometimes it's literally that okay, we've hit our energetic. Tap right. for that day. Absolutely. You simply need to shut down, maybe go sleep on something. Yeah. Maybe go meditate. I'm a meditator, so right. I get great inspiration and insight in my meditations. In fact, I love to, I often have a notebook by me after I've meditated right. to write down those things that come those up. Those ahas, right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so with, with your business coaching, do you find that you gravitate more or perhaps people are more attracted to your coaching that are just beginning or are somewhere mid-career or looking for the next step? Or mm-hmm. That's what a great type question. Of, yeah. Mm-hmm. I work with people actually in three different phases, and I can talk about those in just a minute. But to me, the number one reason why people, why it's usually a good fit mm-hmm. is they are heart-centered. Right. right? And so they want a, they want a heart-centered approach but that's still going to create what I call real, tangible results. <laughs> because the bottom line is, what we all need are the, the systems, the structures, both inside and out, so that we can connect more with the people that are looking for us, so that we have a steady practice, so that we have the, the abundance and the income, which we deserve and we need Absolutely. in order to stay practicing. I need to keep my lights on in order Absolutely. to this is be just the world productive. That we right. 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 So... They need those real results. They want those real results. But it also needs to feel good. Yeah. So I actually developed a program about a year and a half ago. Again, I had been teaching at the school, and I only had a limited amount of time. And then I moved to Kansas City about a year and a half ago. Yeah, you're new to the area. New to the area. And I actually thought I was going to take a personal sabbatical and do some other stuff. And again, I was called, intuitively said, nope, that's not what you're doing. You may think you were going to simplify your life, but nope, it's not yet time. 
I was really called to take the business into a bigger level. Right. And so I created essentially the program that I wished I would have had years ago. Oh, fantastic. That is truly all-inclusive. It doesn't just give you one part because you don't need just one part. You need to see, you need to have all the parts and see how they fit together. Right. And it's from a heart-centered inside-out perspective. Good. And it includes an entire year's worth of coaching. Mm -hmm. So there's the training aspect of it. And yes, we need that training. And I give a lot of templates because over these 25 years, I've developed a lot of resources. Mm -hmm. And my whole goal is that everyone that I works with can shortcut the process. They don't need to spend the tens of thousands of dollars and hours that I did. I really want to make it easier. This is my extension of making the world a better place one person at a time. Right. As one practitioner is able to find that ease in growing and sustaining and being in this amazing, abundant business, mm-hmm. and they're reaching all these people, it's having this ripple effect of, of in so many different ways, right? So I've created all these templates that people can just put their own brand on, tweak for themselves, and they don't have to recreate the will. So it's got all of the pieces that I wished I'd had in, in a format that I really feel is spacious. You know, sometimes people go a year. But think about how busy we are when we're running our business. So what oh, if you, yeah. you sign up for a 90-day program? Well, three months in, I mean, one month in, oh, my gosh, some crisis comes up. Or right. you're trying to launch a, a program and you don't have time to get back to it. And suddenly those 90 days are up and you haven't got to half of what you want to do. Absolutely. So I made it a year and I say, it's not that you have to constantly be working over the year. It's mm-hmm. really, to me, a gift of spaciousness. Mm-hmm. And to me, spaciousness in our time-overloaded, busy world mm-hmm. really is a gift. Mm-hmm. That it takes time not only to learn the tools, it takes time to process things, it takes time to work through our blocks, sure. and to be able to have the time and support to implement it. Right, right. So what do you call this program? So this program is called the um, Business Success Breakthrough. Okay. Good. So really to help us break through into that place of fully being able to express our potential into the world, Mm -hmm. break through all of those blocks that's been holding you back from that success. And that's just my group program. So I have a couple different ways that people can work with me. But as I always say, the group program really is your best value in value investment. Right. Now, how does it work in a group? Do you mm-hmm. meet physically? No. Nope. No. So I work with people all over the world, sure. not just in our country, but all over the world. Right. Um, so it's got to be in this day and age virtual. And it's com- made up of kind of two different components. There's the training components that have videos broken down into bite-sized pieces, right? It's got PDF handouts and the PDF <coughs> templates um, so that you get access. Somebody, when someone signs up for their full full year, they get immediate access to all of that material through a private membership page, right? Right. That they can work at their own pace. They can, you know, it's designed to build on on itself, kind of like building blocks. But say like somebody already has one part, well, they can skip that for now and maybe go to the part that they want to start at. So it can be great for people who are just starting out, like you said, and I do work with a lot of just brand new graduates, Mm -hmm. but I also work with people who are, um, maybe they graduated, but they did that on the side while they kept their real job because they couldn't afford to do that or they were afraid to or they were overwhelmed by doing that. And now they're ready to put that focus there. So I help people transition to really having it be a bigger part of their they're sharing in the world. Fantastic. Or I work with people who are basically, doesn't matter how long they've been doing it, they haven't been able to do it with the success and the ease that they want. Right, right. You know? 
Um, and so they can then kind of jump in at that training at whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And then throughout that year, twice a month for 70, it's 75 minutes, we meet as a group, whoever whoever is able to be on the call. Mm-hmm. They're all recorded, of course, so people have access to it. And people bring their challenges, their needs. So there's direct coaching. And one of the things to me that's really special about groups, which I don't know if you do any group stuff. Yeah, yeah, we do. There's an added energy when we join together. There really is. There is mm-hmm. this shared intention. There's a shared accountability. Mm-hmm. And I find if one person has a question, the other people have the same question or something similar. Or they didn't know they had that question. Absolutely. Until somebody asks it. Right. No, I like that model a lot. Yeah. So people bring their own conscious questions. Sure they do. But I've also, you know, past participants have said, I learned just as much from the other people's questions right. as I did from my own. Right, absolutely. And I have found that in my, myself and my in groups. Yeah, I do too. And the other thing for me is um, I, because of my own past with scarcity, I want to be able to support people at different levels. Certainly I'm going to claim a value for myself, right? And I'm not right. giving things away. But I also recognize that when we're just starting out, it can be hard to make those investments. Sure. So I've set it up so that there's some different entry points. You know, people mm-hmm. can do the I this the big the the full program is actually made up of three different levels of okay. kind of tr- business transformation, if you will. Sure. People can buy each of those levels on their own as a self-study. So they get the same recordings, the same material, the same mm-hmm. handouts. There's just not, not any of the direct support. Right. So that's one place. But this the group program, right. why I say it is the best value investment, it really does give people the, the most amount of both things, of everything that I really feel like someone right. needs to be successful at a price that's less than $200 a month. Wow, that's fantastic. And, you know, I do different kind of um, registration enrollment options. So if you catch this and know that people can come into my programs, usually it's once a quarter. Um, And it always starts out with what I call the early adopter, which is if you are really ready (laughs) and confident and ready to commit, I'm always going to be all in there with you. And so that has the lowest investment point. And it literally, if you break it down per day, is less than a Starbucks coffee a day. (laughs) Right? Right. So part of it, when we think about investment, in having my own pattern of scarcity, we need to think about how we want to invest in ourselves, of what we want to gain and what we want to give ourselves. Right. How we want to say yes to the universe supporting us rather mm-hmm. than just being afraid of the cost. Right. right. And some of that means, too, that we look at, well, where are we spending our money versus mm-hmm. where we're not? So somebody will say, well, oh, that feels like a really hard amount to, to spend. And then in the course of a conversation, and they tell me they're spending $5 a day at Starbucks. And I'm not in a place of judgment about that. No. If you want to do that. But where do you want to put your energy? No, Absolutely. It's there. And so part of that is, you know, each person's individual choice of where we say yes to ourselves. And to me, anytime we say yes to ourselves, we're also saying putting that yes out there into that universe. Yeah. Yes, we And are. I, my personal belief, you don't have to hold this, is that what we communicate to the universe is held Mm-hmm. is supported. Mm-hmm. So we need to be careful about what we're saying no to and what we're saying yes to, and certainly right. saying yes, be ready for what the universe is going to support us with. Right, absolutely. Well, that sounds like a fantastic program. And then do you work with people individually as well? Absolutely. That? So sure. if some people, again, for whatever reason, that doesn't feel like the right fit, they can mm-hmm. absolutely work with me one-on-one. Right. I have a minimum commitment right now of three months. And part of that is, again, I really want to work with people who are ready to be successful. Right. Right. And I'm sorry, you can't get 
implement your business things that you need in a short period of time. You know, three, three months to me is a bare basic of making sure you've got your solid foundations. And giving yourself the time to be supported to do that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. But then they can work, you know, I I do have a VIP program that is a year-long commitment that has Mm -hmm. more rolled into it. Um, It actually gets access to the entire uh, full training program with all of the videos, plus a lot more just individual support. So if someone's really ready and says, okay, I've graduated, I'm going to dedicate this next year to to really successfully launching my program. That might be the place where they're at. Right. Or they can start at three months, and then they can continue month by month or whatever that commitment level is. Right. So I, I really set it up to be a container for success and yet still have the flexibility to honor and meet each person where they're at. Right. Because that's also important to me. No, it's very important. Yeah. Now, what type of people do you enjoy working with? What type of entrepreneurs do you feel like you can make a lot of headway with. Mm -hmm. I tend to work best, although Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be this way, and I have had success with others, work best with people who truly are solopreneurs. Mm -hmm. Right? So people probably like you and I, Mm -hmm. who are wearing multiple different hats, and Mm -hmm. we might be having support teams, but they're usually adjunct people we might be hiring for certain projects. We don't have employees. We might have a part-time virtual assistant at most. Um, And Mm -hmm. it's just us. That's the right. practice. And that's what I've been for these entire 25 years. And I right. think that's probably why I'm closest in alignment with that. Right. Um, I love working with anyone who's a holistic practitioner. I mean, mm-hmm. you've heard me. I have a, wear many of the different hats within that field. Right. You've um, had a lot of different hats. Yeah. As and a I really, that is part of who I am. Right. I understand that world. I love that world. I love that our world is becoming more open to that. Right. In the last 25 years, there's been a big shift in what we're open to receiving. Absolutely. And I'm really passionate about all of us who are called to serve being Mm -hmm. able to financially do it. So I have some deep, my, I would say my inner why will often line up with their inner why. Also that heart centered space. Um, I work with people who have both what I call the balanced left and right brain, but I also Mm -hmm. really work well with people who are those heart-centered people that are more just right brain oriented. Mm -hmm. And frankly, the business stuff is not their strength. Right. To have them find the points of stability and confidence of how what they can manage so that it's just going to be most effective for them. Right. And then find out where they need their additional support pieces. Again, mm-hmm. whether it's collaborative partners or again hiring them out. And, um, and I think I, from having walked this path, do a good job of being able to break it down for those people who don't necessarily have, have that background or even inclination within themselves. Right. Um, that, so I work, you're, you're hearing me say a lot about the holistic practitioners, yeah. but I also work really well with cr- creatives. I was wondering if there were any other industries. Absolutely. Creatives, so you're talking about designers, maybe web designers, maybe web builders. Yeah, basically anybody who's using, you know, a lot of that, um, again, right brain pieces of our creativity. Right. So this could be artists, this could be right. dancers, this could be that maybe is a dancer mm-hmm. that's running a dance studio. Sure. Um, 
yoga instructor. Well, yeah. To me, yoga falls under the holistic part of it. Well, but, okay, right, right, right. <laughs> the right. holistic practitioners. Right, but makers, builders. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Right. Now, and that said, I mean, I have clients who are accountants. So it, it's not always one or the other, although I will say that the clients who come more from what we traditionally see as that left-brain accountant, like right. my client who's an accountant, she's a stay at, she, she works out of her home. Right. She is a mother. And so another big heart place for me, mm-hmm. having been, and I mean, my kids are older now, but I'm a working mom. Yeah. And that's yet another piece that we have to juggle. It's huge. And so I do, that shows up with who I work with. Sure. Um, so in this case, that person didn't, my accountant client didn't fit the traditional holistic practitioner, even, you know, that that creative. Mm-hmm. But she is a working mom that wants more work-life balance. Absolutely. And so that's another place where people often gravitate, um, again, because of my holistic background and what I can bring in. Right. And the other place, um, the last group that I would say falls into there is people who are diversified. What do you mean by that? So people who have a diversified background, and they're trying oh to figure gosh. out how to put the pieces together. Right. <laughs> and sometimes right. that can be challenging. Like I have a client who is an Ayurvedic practitioner. Right. She is a Reiki practitioner and a healing touch practitioner, and she's a licensed counselor. And she's worked for many years within mm-hmm. a traditional hospital setting that has allowed her to do some of her pieces, but not all of them. Right. So when she came to work with me, she was like, I have these pieces that I know I'm meant to put together, and I'm overwhelmed by even knowing what to call myself. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'll bet there's a lot of people like that. I think, well, to me, especially within the holistic field. I think so, too. you you fall into this. One of the things I love about the holistic field is it can be very clearly tied into our core core intermission. Mm -hmm. And yet for those of us who continue to like to learn and maybe don't want to stay stuck or stagnant, there's always some different slightly, slight variation or, or adjunct piece that we can add in. Absolutely. And there are some of us in Ayurveda, we call them, that have more of a vata tendency. So vatas Mm. love diversity. Mm. Um, Sometimes they have a hard time sticking to one thing. So people who have more vata energy in them are going to naturally gravitate to more diversity. And yet Mm. we have to be careful that they don't get so diverse that the energy gets dispersed out in a way that is not creating any tangible results. Right. And so when you have an overarching umbrella, like in mm-hmm. my case I do and maybe you do, where you can fit those different pieces of diversity mm-hmm. so that they're parts of a whole rather than being scattered parts, it allows people to work exactly. more effectively. Yeah, tie it together into one mission statement mm-hmm. rather than all these disparate modalities or disparate things that you do. Right. You know, tie it all together and to see what it is and how you can help people. Right. Right. And there's lots of us who I think have those I, I know for a fact there's lots of people with vata energy out there there's lots of us right. who who enjoy adding pieces in, and frankly our clients really benefit from they these do. multi-tiered services that we can offer right absolutely there's not a one-size-fits-all mm-hmm. and I think as soon as somebody gets complacent and stagnant in what they do they don't become as they're not as effective, perhaps. And so it's always that learning. Even if you do stick with one modality, you're always learning about it. Right. You're always adding depth to it. 
That's a beautiful word, depth. Because right. mm-hmm. so. there are some people that are very focused, and again, mm-hmm. they're going to be the expert in this one thing. Mm-hmm. But even in that one thing, it's like you said, there are always layers and levels. Oh, there's always more adding. to learn. Mm-hmm. Always more to learn. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. So do you have any success stories you might want to share? Anything mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. thought mm-hmm. worked out really well, something that mm-hmm. you felt really um, you connected with, somebody who created some success mm-hmm. in your life, mm-hmm. in their life, yeah. So I'll share about a couple a couple recent clients. I yeah. had a client come to me um, last year who is a yoga teacher, mm-hmm. um, and she wanted to do more than just teach classes. She really wanted to use yoga as transformative experience, and she herself <coughs> was a mom. Um, and had gone through some of her own um, challenges with motherhood and depression and weight, right? And some of these things are interconnected. And like many of us, her personal story was part of what she wanted to bring into her professional passion. Right. And she came to me with some ideas. And she had a, a website that she was in control of, but it wasn't structured very well. And she was had gotten some information on how to do some social media pieces where she was basically offering people um, either discounted or free initial yoga classes. But in the course of our strategic planning, what she what came to the forefront was she wanted to teach classes, but what she really wanted to do was to walk people through kind of 12-week individual programs of transformation. Oh, wow. Right? right. So we helped her get more clear on who her audience was. Sure. So she defined, you know, women, again, dealing with either depression or weight issues, or both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, And we also helped her structure a 12-week program, so she had a clear idea of what that was, um, be able to then spell that out on her website, and be able to create a clear conversation and invitation into how she then started to get her clients. So in the marketing world, we call these like call to actions, right? Right. So her call to action that she'd been guided to before was to have people come to a yoga class. But she didn't want to be spending her time teaching yoga classes. So that was not effective for her. So we worked together only for about three months. Mm -hmm. Again, her confidence level went up. And within the course of working together, she got six new individual clients. Fantastic. Because she was able to restructure her message onto her website and into her conversations in a way that had a system that flowed into it. And her confidence went up. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I find that so many times we have these wonderful ideas, these things that we know are going to be transformative and helpful, but it's just the communication piece of it. Mm-hmm. How do we translate that for clients to help them see the value? Well, to me, this is actually the foundational <coughs> piece, and I was just having a conversation this morning with another person who is 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 considering signing up for the program. Mm-hmm. Um One of the things, and I'll just give this to people out there to be careful of, this is a tip, a free tip here. (laughs) Especially as holistic practitioners, we love what we do, what I call our process, Mm -hmm. right? We tend to talk too much about it, especially Mm -hmm. in the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. And while people want to come to us because of what they do, of what we do, Mm -hmm. they really don't necessarily need to know at deep levels what we're doing, especially in the beginning. So if we lead with that, it often isn't very effective. In fact, I always say, if you see the person you're talking to either starting to look at their phone or they're getting the deer in the headlight or glazed over look, Mm -hmm. it's usually because we're in process speak. So that one of the very first things I do with clients is help them get clear on who do you, what I say is who gets your best work. Mm -hmm. Who really are you 
primarily meant to be working with. Not that there's not lots of other people out there, but right. this is your best audience. And then what do they need? What are, the, what are they exactly. looking for that's top of the mind, right? Mm-hmm. What do they see as the problem? And what are the results that they want? Mm-hmm. That's what we want to talk more about, especially in the initial conversations. And initial conversations, I'm talking about on our websites, in our brochures, as right. well as our verbal conversations. And social media. Social media, right. And the, the what we do is actually just a little bit of a bridge in the beginning. Right. Mm-hmm. So right. You know, I might say I help holistic practitioners who are struggling with running their business to build a successful practice with steady clients and steady income. And I do that through business mentor coaching. Right. What's my process? Right. The business mentor coaching. Right. It's there at the end. It's this little tiny bridge. But really what I'm talking about is the problems and the results that they're wanting. Absolutely. And the more that we can get clear on that and the more that we can speak that, the mm-hmm. better we are able to see if it's a good fit and it connects with the person because they're like, oh, you understand me, right? And then there's another layer as we add that credibility piece. Mm -hmm. Our credibility might be these pictures, you know, these plaques hanging on our walls or, you know, on the website, all of the things and trainings that we've done. And not that that isn't valuable, but really the credibility is what you just asked about success stories. Mm-hmm. Right. So part of that too is how, you know, we talk about what their problem is, what their the benefits they could get, a little bit of what they do, and then we lead in with a success story. Mm-hmm. And I had a client just like you recently who came to me with mm-hmm. this and we worked together for this period of time and I don't go into the details and I share what they got and that person is like I want some of that. Exactly. So it's, uh, I hate to say, break it down like this, but it's in the what's in it for me and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think there is either. People always want to know if I'm going to work with somebody, mm-hmm. what am I going to get from it? What am I going to get from this work? And well, that, that, should, that should be what they're asking. <laughs> right? They're mm-hmm. making an investment. They want Absolutely. to know what those results are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, they sh- and they need to know that rather than, yeah. well, I've got this many years of training or, you know, this is how the thing works, et cetera. No, they want to know what the results are going to be. Mm-hmm. Well, that's mm-hmm. fantastic. So we've been visiting with Jamie Derner. And absolutely delightful to talk to you. And what is your website if somebody wants to mm-hmm. get in touch with you? So the website is holisticbusinessprosperity.com. Holisticbusinessprosperity.com. That's a right. mouthful, but it sums up everything that you're talking mm-hmm. about. So if you've got a holistic business on whatever that is and you want more prosperity, that's how I, I cue people to remember it. Holisticbusinessprosperity.com right. to connect with you. And they can message you or contact you on the website? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so there's links on the website to phone number, emails. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. Right. It's a beautiful website, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and so that's Jamie Derner, so you can connect on LinkedIn, Facebook, all that good stuff. I'm oh, glad right. to have you in Kansas City. That's a, You seem like a very good resource to have here, oh, well, and you're thank welcome. You. Well, um, thank you for allowing me to come and share with you and your audience. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, so Jamie, Tur- Jamie Derner, Business Prosperity, uh, business, HolisticBusinessProsperity.com. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'll get it. So again, Jamie, thank you so much for sitting and talking with me. It's been a real pleasure. Pleasure. Oh, you're so welcome. Okay, thank you. All right, thanks. Radiate Wellness is a community of holistic and alternative healers and consultants based in the Kansas City area dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, 
or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. I'm Laura Worcester, host of the Intuitive Life Podcast. As an intuitive medium and teacher working with the world of spirit, I love to share the peace that comes with the awareness that our departed loved ones are still with us. And I also love to help people explore what it means to live an intuitively led life. Start listening now on mindbodyspirit.fm or wherever you get your podcasts.